Welcome to the Enabled Disabled Podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo Serafini. I was born with a rare physical disability called PFFD. My journey has been about self-acceptance, persistence, and adaptation. On the show, we'll explore how people experience disability, how the stories we tell ourselves can both enable and disable, how vulnerability is the foundation for strength, and why people with disabilities can contribute more than we imagine. I hope that leaders, companies, clinicians, families, and friends will better understand our capacity to contribute to the world and help enable us to improve it. Young Epilepsy is the only UK charity dedicated to creating better lives for children and young people with epilepsy and related conditions. In this conversation, I spoke with Alice and Helena. Alice is a bright 22-year-old studying international relations. She was diagnosed with epilepsy at 19. Because of the support and encouragement she got from Young Epilepsy, she decided to become a young rep for them to help other people her own age who have just been diagnosed with epilepsy and raise awareness for epilepsy in the community. Helena Smith is head of youth development and support at Young Epilepsy. She manages the support, inclusion, and participation services for children and young people with epilepsy across the UK, which advocates for and empowers young people to fulfill their potential and succeed. This talk was new territory for me. Not only did I learn about epilepsy and some of the challenges it brings, but I got to see the magic of what happens when circumstances and people unite for better outcomes. We learn, adapt, grow, and give back. It's not despite of, it's because of. If you're a fan of the podcast, I have some good news. We have a newsletter. The goal of the newsletter is to give you all meaningful updates, share my thoughts about the issues I'm working through and what I want to explore next. Please go to www.enabledisabled.com to sign up. Thanks. Alice, Elena, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here today. Great, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, it's lovely to be here. It's such a pleasure. And where, where are you both zooming in from? I know you're in the UK. Um, I'm in Essex, which is just outside of London. Yeah, and I'm in London itself. So I'm in North London at the moment. So zooming in from, from far away. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's about 7pm here, so it's not too bad. Excellent. Okay, so Alice, tell us a little bit about, you know, the audience, about yourself. Um, you are a young, bright 22-year-old. Um, tell us a little bit about your your life, you know, your childhood growing up and give us a sense of who you are. Mm-hmm. What, what are you yeah, interested so... in? What do you, what do you like to do? You know, what do you like to study in school or do you not like school at all? Um, so I'm 22 Um, I've lived in Essex my whole life Um, and currently I'm at university studying politics and international relations Um, 
which I'm actually really, really enjoying. Um, <laughs> and I've been, I was sort of pretty healthy throughout my childhood, had lots of different hobbies. Um, I, I do Irish dance at uni and a few different music related things. Um, yeah. And then, so when I was 19, that was when I had my first seizure. And then from there, I was diagnosed with epilepsy. And when you were, when that, how long did that, like, what did that diagnosis process look like? What, you know, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you went through and, and then we can talk about how you, how you've adapted to that? Yeah. So I was, I was on holiday. It was um, August and I was, as I said, I was 19. Um, I was away with a friend and I had a seizure. Um, it was a tonic-clonic seizure. So I was unconscious. Um, I was sort of shaking, I suppose. Um, I don't remember any of it. And after that, so I, I stayed in hospital. I came home, saw a GP, and I was told that in anyone's lifetime, it's it's sort of okay for someone to have a seizure. Um, it doesn't mean epilepsy. Um, so I carried on. I didn't really think too much about epilepsy. Um, it was then not until the following January that I then had my second tonic-clonic seizure, um, at which point it does become sort of a discussion of, is this epilepsy and various scans. Um, so I then had an EEG scan, um, which diagnosed generalised epilepsy. Um, the, epi um, the diagnosis was sort of finalised um, in March. So that was two months after my second seizure. Um, and since then, I've been having a few of the tonic-clonic seizures, which I said where I'm un completely unconscious, and also um, focal seizures, which I, I'm awake for, I'm aware of what's happening, um, but I sort of feel it begins with a, a really intense feeling of deja vu, um, which is really strange. And I then feel sort of pressure in my shoulders and my neck and feel very spaced out and dizzy. And that will either then just stay with that and, and pass, or that will then progress into a tonic-clonic seizure. And when, when, when it just pauses and it's not the, the tonic seizure, the chronic seizure, um, it just depends on how long for it to go away. So you usually just sit down and just like uh, just hang out for as long as you need to in order for that to that to pass. Is that is yeah? That so the, um, the focal seizures don't tend to last too long. They're sort of maybe about twenty seconds or or even even less um, often. And usually, I, I suppose as you get used to your epilepsy you sort of become adapted to what's what is about to happen you sort of can work out if it's going to stop there or if it's going to progress into something else so usually I can sort of move myself out of a crowded place or wherever I am and then just either wait for it to pass um, in, in which case I'll usually feel a little bit shaky but I'll be fine or sometimes, but quite rarely, it will then turn into a tonic-clonic seizure, which 
takes a little bit more dealing with afterwards usually. And then the, I would imagine that with the chronic, chronic seizure, you know, do you make, are your friends and family, of course, but are your friends aware of it? So if you're with somebody, they know what to, they know what to do. They understand what, you know, what the process is to make sure you're okay. Um, yeah. So this was, this was definitely something that has taken a long time to, to get to grips with um it has it's been three years now and it, and I, I think every time I have a seizure it sort of teaches me new things that I need to do to pre- prepare in case there is another one um so things like telling people early on when I meet them that I do have epilepsy and it's unlikely but there is a chance that I will have a seizure and this is what you need to do you don't need to panic you don't need to phone for an ambulance and things like that just to sort of make them aware that that it is it is there and it could happen but that it's not something that they need to worry about too much and and they don't need to phone 999 or something like that because I I am okay um but yeah all of my friends are are good at sort of understanding that that it could happen but it's unlikely to happen um things that I have had to sort of deal with more is sort of letting um teachers and lecturers at my uni be prepared in case it were to happen um things like that um I think that's been that's been the main the main thing in the last couple of years because going to uni definitely opened a few more issues that I wasn't expecting so yeah yeah, I think that uh, I mean, it's, uh, this was this was only something that started happening to you when you were 19. I was I was born with my disability, so it was, and it's a it's a physical, very obvious thing that people see. Um, and I've been speaking recently to people who have, you know, what we would what we're calling invisible disabilities, right? So if somebody were walking past you on the street, they would never they would never know unless you tell them. So there's yeah. different. Um, different challenges and different understandings that you have to have than, than me. Like I cannot hide my disability. It's, it's there for, for everybody to see at all times. Um, can you talk a little bit about like, I, I think it's so interesting, especially at your, at your age, this, this idea of, you know, every time you have a seizure, you're learning more about yourself. I think that you're still, you know, I, I would like to explore that. So I think it's so important to, to have that understanding and acceptance and that openness with people um, to let them know, you know, more about you and that it's okay. There's no, there's no shame in it, right? There's no, or there shouldn't be, there's no, um, there's no lack of like your sense of self-worth shouldn't diminish because of it. It's something that it's a part of you and you're learning from it and growing through it. Correct. Yeah, I completely get what you're saying. And especially um, what you were saying about it being an invisible disability. That's something that at the beginning I'd say I fought with um, because it it's there, but you don't know when it's going to strike. And it's not something that people can, people don't meet me and instantly know that I have epilepsy and I could have a seizure at any time. Um, 
and yeah that that was it was definitely something that I had to take a while to get my head around um but but yeah definitely I'd say it's not it is something that I've learned to live alongside rather than something that sort of controls me and that's been a massive massive help with sort of with overcoming that and, and learning and learning more about yourself, right? Learning about how resilient you are and how you can problem solve and how you can can adapt and still still live the life you want to live. I mean, you're talk to me about you know your university and and your political interests. Like, what what are you what are you hoping? Where are you hoping to go with that? Would you like to be an ambassador? Would you like to get involved in politics? Um. I at the moment I'm just sort of I'm enjoying so many different parts of politics especially the international relations side of it things like foreign policy and feminism and all these different sides of it which I love so I haven't got a clear path set for me yet but I'm hoping something really sticks out to me soon um I I definitely consider especially now with my epilepsy and my, the what I'm able to do for young epilepsy, it, it definitely has made me think more about charities and things like that and, and actually being able to help people through what, what I've learned at uni. That's, that's something that's become really important to me. So can you talk a little bit more about that? What, what has your, how did you hear about young epilepsy? How did you get involved and, and what are you, you know, how are, What's your, yeah, what's your involvement with it? How has it changed you? How has it helped you? You know, what, what is it, what is it, what has it done for you so far? Um, young epilepsy has, has completely changed my life, to be honest. I, I don't actually know where, how my epilepsy journey would have progressed if I hadn't found young epilepsy. Um, and th- this is mainly because when I was diagnosed, um epilepsy is so common but I didn't know anyone who had epilepsy I'd never met anyone who had epilepsy I didn't know anything about epilepsy and I was so desperate to find information I was looking all over the internet for for any sort of information especially for information of other people who were a similar age to me and I just couldn't find anything relevant or anything up to date and and it it did make me feel isolated, especially having just gone to uni, having this brand new diagnosis, and then really struggling to find the information that I needed on it. And I ended up turning to Instagram um, and just looking through anything related to epilepsy that I could find. And I just ma- I just came across young epilepsy. Um, and at the time, the post that I came across was them looking for new um, young reps to join. So I straight away went for that, emailed and got in touch with Young Epilepsy, which helped so much. Just being able to make that contact um, right at the beginning of university. Um, And from there, I was able to meet a load of other people who were a similar age to me, all the young reps are aged between, I think, 16 and 25. So we're all a similar age. 
we're all either in education or sort of starting our careers and it was it was so useful to meet those other people and to sort of share what we've gone through and the different experiences we've had and then also from from working with young epilepsy I've also had so many opportunities as well um I've been able to write a blog post which was about things that I wish I'd known when I was diagnosed um I was also able to interview Beth Dobbin who is a sprinter who's just competed in the Olympics and I've been able to do some interviews with other charities as well um so yeah it's it's really helped with not feeling the isolation that I felt right at the beginning of the diagnosis. It's helped me to turn all my fears into something so positive. Um, It's given me all the information I wish I'd had when I was first diagnosed. And I know that through me learning with the charity, I'm then able to help other young people who who really need that information as well. That's a great answer. Have you have the have you? I'm I'm imagining that this is so. But have the people that you've met have they become friends? Are they people that you're constantly in touch with? Um, you're still sharing experiences, learning from each other. Yeah. So we we have a group chat, and we all sort of have, we have each other on different social medias and things like that. Um, we are a really supportive group, so we can sort we can go to each other with issues. Um, I found it really useful to just ask ask the others if any um any strange things I've found that I've felt with epilepsy, such as headaches or things like that. I've been able to ask if anyone else has any advice or any experience with things like that. Um, so we're always like chatting to each other and supporting each other when. Uh, when we're doing different campaigns or things with young epilepsy. It sounds like what's missing, at least a big part of what's missing, is that there needs to be more awareness about what is epilepsy, when you know when it can affect you and what you're supposed to do with it, that there's still just a, a general lack of information out there, right? Yeah, 100%. There, there's such a such a lack especially on the internet with it being so accessible and there being so much out there I did notice that there is just such there's there's so little on such a common condition um and especially for young people it is it is scary and you you don't know what to do um and it, it really would be so useful for everyone to have that access to to information I don't know if Helena want, wants to add anything yeah yeah well you know and Alice has kind of summed up um young epilepsy's mission really um to bring young people and their voices front and center into um what we do as a charity so we're the leading uh, UK charity for children and young people with epilepsy and um we're really we're really proud of our group of young reps who are who really represent the the voices um, and faces of young people across the UK that have epilepsy. And just as you say, Gustavo, like the the knowledge and understanding of epilepsy is is so minimal across across the general population. And I imagine it's the same over where you where you are. Um, 
you know, people might say, and I'm sure, Alice, you hear this a lot, it's one of our young reps' um, big frustrations that people would say, oh, is it is it flashing lights? Is that the thing that is um, yeah. will cause your, your seizures? When actually it's, um, I think, about 3% of um, people with epilepsy that that um, that have challenges with with flashing lights, um, and there's a whole array of other challenges that come with epilepsy. There's um, nine different types of seizures, um, forty different types of epilepsy. It can manifest in so many different ways in in young people and adults, and have huge um, differences in in the impacts on your life, and. For us as a charity as well, we really recognise that the earlier you um, get diagnosis and effective treatment um, and support young people, the the better they'll be able to manage their epilepsy into adulthood. So it's actually crucial that we give as much support as we can. Um, the earlier, the better, really. And obviously, for some people, there is a condition they're born with. Some of our young reps have had that. Other people are like Alice, who have had to completely change their their day to day lives because they've had a diagnosis um, a little bit later in their life. Um, but as as my role, I head up the um, youth development and support service at Young Epilepsy, and that's where Alice and the young reps come in. Um, and they are fantastic. They get involved in all the decision making in the organisation. But beyond that as well, they're part of influencing um, policy and government and NHS. Um, and as Alice mentioned, they're, they've got opportunities to get involved with what we do. So we also offer a digital platform for young people um, with epilepsy and, and for their families to find information advice and guidance and that's um called the channel it's the channel.org.uk um and our young reps get involved with writing blog posts and doing interviews for that um and then we also offer direct support for young people and their families too um so that's open for our young reps but also for all young people across the uk um, and we've got support workers that work directly with with young people and their families to support with with whatever challenges they may need um, and adapt to, to to what that looks like. That might be some therapeutic support one on one, or it might be some more light touch um, group support over a longer period of time. Um, but yeah, it's it's brilliant to to have Alice as part of our group of young reps because. Um, they, they really are vital for us trying to push our, our mission of, of getting better provisions for young people and um, improving diagnosis and treatment and spreading awareness and understanding across across the board as well. I don't I don't know how the, the healthcare system works in the UK um, but I would think anyways here at here once you're past 18 you're kind of you're kind of thrown to the, you know, to the greater medical world and they may know or may not know anything about your condition, but I would think that it's so important. Like if the doctor who had diagnosed Alice had also had, you know, at his disposal, Hey, look, I'm not leaving you alone in this. Here's this terrific group that you can go to. They can help you with X, Y, and Z that it, the healthcare system would just work so much more effectively that way, right? Absolutely. Um, 
And Alice, I'm sure, can talk about um, transitions and obviously it's unique for, for Alice and her position, but she'll know what it's like for other young reps. But um, I completely agree. I think what's vital for us as a charity is that we're having a really clear line of communication and encouraging that that. Um, that two-way process between the um, clinical environment and um, us as a charity and, and young people and their families. And often it's the young people and the, the parents that are the real experts in, in this. They hold all of the knowledge and information. And what we find, unfortunately, um, is that often things aren't, aren't joined up. Um, a young person with epilepsy is very likely to also have other conditions. So um, 50% of, of people with epilepsy also have autism um, and about 40% with um, other special educational needs. And one in four young people have um, mental health challenges as well. So, but often um, what, what we find is that um, the epilepsy specialists will be supporting with that but then there isn't that holistic view of the of the whole person and what what they need and our young people tell us that they are kind of banded about from department to department um there's big gaps between um appointments which then just makes the whole process much harder to understand exactly what is going on and what support do you need um and absolutely we would love for it to be in the kind of process of, of treatment that young epilepsy is listed and our support services are listed too. And that's kind of a big part of what we're trying to do to, to get the words out there. But at the moment, um, it's, it's really not joined up and it's not super clear. And especially for a young person that's going from um, pediatric care, so when they're, when they're a child, to, to the adult care as well, that can be really, really challenging, um, especially if they've built up a relationship with, with certain people. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add there, Alice, from your own experience or from, from our other young reps as well and their stories. Um, so I, because of my diagnosis being at 19, I, I was never, I never had that, that transition period from paediatrics um, to adult adult care. But um, but I would I would say agreeing what Helen was saying about there being a lack of uh, I don't know how to explain it, but sort of looking at at the person all round when when being cared for um, things like mental health as well um, from from an epilepsy diagnosis is is not really mentioned by by doctors a lot of the time um and that is so important when you're when you're facing a diagnosis of of any kind yeah absolutely do you work with um i have several questions over do you work with if there's somebody outside of the uk who has epilepsy, can they still join? Uh, maybe you can't give them, you know, the same kind of healthcare advice, but even as just a connection point, can they join and, and interact with the other, you know, young reps, or is that something that you're still just based in the UK? Um, so 
definitely our um, digital platform, so the channel, um, that's obviously open to, uh, it's worldwide. So we have people from all over the world um, coming in onto the platform, reading our articles. We've also got a great um, forum platform called The Hub, where young people and um, uh, any families can can make an account on there and start conversations or join conversations and interact with each other. So I definitely would encourage anyone that that comes across young epilepsy, especially the channel, to get involved with those conversations and and really um, support each other because that's also what we want to encourage that peer to peer support, that network, that community, because. Um, that's what's really powerful. If Alice can meet somebody that's exactly the same age as her or a little bit further ahead and can get some hands-on advice from someone that really has been there, that's so, so valuable. So um, while we are a UK-based um, charity and our beneficiaries are, of course, um, all the children and young people in the UK with epilepsy, um, our services um, can be can be reached by people across across the world, but particularly our uh, digital platform. And we're also looking to build um, a, an an app as well to support with epilepsy management and seizure seizure tracking um, and interaction with with uh, the healthcare system. So so again, um, there's there's lots of exciting things on the horizon that we definitely would um, be able to offer at least some support and advice giving and information provision um, to people across the world. That's terrific. I, and it's so important. Alice, what do you, what do you wish that people knew um, about you that, that they don't? That's a, it's a, it's a general question, but like, from from 19 on, from your experiences from a 19-year-old to a 22-year-old, what is it that you wish people understood about you, who you are today and who you want to be that maybe gets missed or gets lost because they want to focus on maybe that you have epilepsy? Like what are they missing? What's what's what part of that, what part of you do you want people to see and, and appreciate and understand? I would like people to understand that if they flash lights, I'm not going to have a seizure um, because that is often the first thing that I and many other people, as Helena was saying, will hear um, when you first tell someone you have epilepsy. Um, but I suppose something that's been really important to me is that I think in the past three years, and it's probably the same for people with with any diagnosis, you do learn so much about yourself and grow as a person. And I would I'd definitely say that because of epilepsy, I've become such a stronger person and I'm able to deal with a lot more, a lot more things. And and a lot of the time when I talk about epilepsy to people, I I can of, I often mean it in in a positive way and I think that's quite difficult for people to understand because I think there's a lot of stigma around disabilities and illnesses and conditions that that you can't be okay with it but a lot of the time I I do take the good from it and the thing the things that I've learned from it 
are often positive and they help me as a person. I think, it, yeah, if people would understand that it's, it's not all bad, it really isn't all bad, um, that's quite important to me. And I think I, I can do a lot of good with, with the things that I've learned about myself. Have you changed the way you see other people? I, I definitely notice... Well, a big thing that I notice when I sort of compare myself to other people is how how much I need to take care of my body compared to other people. And it is something that I notice now. A lot of my friends at uni can go out, drink alcohol like night after night and things like that. And and I can't I can't do that, but I don't see that as a bad thing. So I notice physically about other people the things that that they can do and how lucky they are that that they can do whatever they want a lot of the time and they don't need to think about it. But but then at the same time I don't know if I don't know if I'd want to be like that anyway. In a, in a way this has been a, a a good wake up call for me to to want to and and need to take more care of myself. That's a good answer, but I'll, I'll try to ask the question in a different way. Um, are you seeing people, let's say if you encounter somebody, um, somebody else with a disability, maybe it's a visible disability, maybe the way you approach that person or interact with that person has changed from before? Um, are you, you know, uh, do you do you try to understand people differently? Are you thinking about them differently because of your experiences? I think that the way, as I was sort of saying before, the way that I view disability now, because that has changed in how I view myself and and how I don't when I think about myself, I don't I don't see epilepsy or disability as a, as a negative I think that's made me if I, if I do meet someone with a with another disability I, I think well they're probably not feeling sorry for themselves or feeling negative about their disability so why should I make them feel like not like they could but I think it's easy as someone who doesn't have a disability to come across that way Uh, thank you, and that's a that's a good connection. Thank you for for closing the loop on that. So, that that's great. It's not, and I agree with you. The way I see my disability is sometimes it's a big part of my life, and I have to make important decisions around that. And other times, it's like it's not even there. I'm not yeah. even thinking about it. Right? It's just kind of just another. It's just another part of me that gets put into the into the mix. Um, yeah. And where do you see, like, how, how do you envision your, yourself in, you know, three years, five years, where would you, where do you see the continuation of, you know, who you are as a person and how you would, the place that you want to be in the world? I know that's, I know that's undefined. I know you're 22 and that's a, that, that's a lot to ask, but 
when you dream about yourself, where, where do you, where do you kind of hope that you go? I hope that I can carry on with accepting and understanding epilepsy because I think it, the last three years have been such a big change and there's things that I'm still getting used to now and accepting a diagnosis obviously it takes it takes a long time so I wouldn't say I'm completely at peace with it at the moment so I'm hoping that sort of in, in the next few years I'm able to to continue to understand and accept epilepsy for what it is um I also hope that um, at, at the moment, I'm I'm nearly a year f- seizure free, so I'm hoping that 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 continues if I carry on being disciplined with looking after myself, exercising, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, taking my pills and and things like that. I'm hoping that I can keep that going, which would then hopefully give me more confidence with being able to drive again and yeah in the, in the future I'd, I'd just like to to carry on helping other young people when they're when they're getting their diagnosis to be able to get the information that they need um that that has become really important to me because it was one of the first things I noticed when I was diagnosed and, and I know now that that with young epilepsy I can help to not let other young people be in the same situation is there is there somebody that you've met or interviewed or read about that um has has given you uh some extra resiliency courage inspiration somebody that you say i'm you know that person is a great example of somebody living positively with epilepsy and still you know not letting it stop them and doing what they want to do yeah so um beth dobbin who i mentioned before she's a sprinter who competed a few days ago in uh, the olympics in tokyo and she had a seizure when she was i think it was 12 she was and it was it was so severe that the doctors thought it may have been a stroke and it affected for a while it affected her speech and her memory she couldn't recognize her parents and she was so young to go through such a massive thing and that that must have been so scary for her um and i spoke to her about how she still lives with the fear that she's going to have a seizure which it, it is a horrible it is a horrible fear because it it does show you that you don't have control over your over your brain and your body and it, it's gonna do what it's gonna do. But despite that fear and the impacts that medications had on her health, she was able to qualify for the Olympics and get to where she is now, which it shows everyone with epilepsy and, and any other condition that if they if they really put their mind to something and they really want to do something, then they don't have to let let it stop let it stop them. Yep, uh, it's so 
it's great to see. And it's amazing that you got to interview her. Um, yeah, absolutely. We all have, we all have our role models. I think for, for it, it's important. Like I, I know a little bit more about epilepsy than most people, just because my favorite author uh, had epilepsy is the Russian author Dostoevsky. And so he talked and, and wrote a lot about what that experience was like for him, even though he was living in mid 1800s. So they knew much less than, than we know today. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting to see, like, has the science, has the, has the research progressed or are people just saying like, well, you know, it's something that you have to live with and we're going to manage it. And, and that's kind of, that's kind of where we are with it or, or have there been, do you, do you see any breakthroughs coming soon? Um, I guess this question is for both of you, uh, with epilepsy and, and how to better manage it and understand it. So, so um, there's always breakthroughs happening. Um, I think understanding has got a lot better. The science has, has improved and is continuing to, to improve. And a, a big part of young epilepsy's um, work is not only these um, great services and support and information for young people, but we've also got um, uh, health and research um, as well as a learning arm so there's lots of different facets to young epilepsy and the health and research side is is really important and especially the research um, we're con con constantly working with um, uh, UCL and Great Ormond Street Hospital for example to continually understand more um, and make more breakthroughs about exactly what's what's going on and and how we can better um, improve diagnoses um, and there's lots of exciting things on the horizon and I'd encourage anyone interested as well to take a look on our website youngepilepsy.org.uk and um, take a look at the the research and and our research reports and um, if you are interested in in the science um, but definitely it's it's a tough one because Young people have to, and adults, you have to accept epilepsy, that it's, it's not necessarily going to be a complete cure. Eventually, we're, we're hoping that we may get to that point, um, but it's a real acceptance of this is something that is part of you and it's something that you will hopefully be able to manage. And obviously with Alice, she's managed to get to a point where she has been seizure-free and hopefully that continues and that's with a mixture of medication, um, the right lifestyle, often ketogenic diets, um, support with people with epilepsy. Um, and of course, what Alice is, Alice was mentioning around, um, you know, healthy diet and, um, not too much alcohol, sleep and stress have a massive impact as well. Um, but also, you know, it, we're hoping we'll get to a stage where you can just find a cure but I don't think that's around the corner but we're always always trying to push for that um so for for people with epilepsy it's a real acceptance but then also that understanding that it doesn't have to define you so often that is our message to all of our young people that epilepsy doesn't have to define you and you can you can get it to a place where um, it actually supports you and moves you into places and allows you to meet people that you you never would have met before. Um, 
And actually, you know, like in the case with Beth Dobbin, she wanted to um, compete professionally in the sport that she loves and she's managed to get there. And I think our young people find stories like that so powerful and inspiring um, because it's it's hard day to day um, to really um, take away those limiting beliefs to really understand that what you want, you can achieve. You just may need to find uh, a slightly longer way to get there or need more support than than a typical other person that you might know at school or college. Um, but but the world is still your oyster and we still really encourage everybody to, to go after their dreams. And um, we've got a campaign at the moment, actually, a mental health campaign, um, uh, which is called On Top of Epilepsy. And where our message really is around, um, you know, the kind of challenges with epilepsy and not only do you have your epilepsy but on top of that you have um the day-to-day challenges with it mental health challenges typically um and all other things to to have to think about they're always at the back of your mind um but also our, our clear message with with this campaign is that um you know people can feel like they are getting on top of it it's not going to go away completely but you can feel that you've kind of climbed on top of it and and you feel much more there's lots of coping mechanisms and support mechanisms in place lots of different avenues to to try and go down health wise medical wise and um, there's always research and um, continuing and um it's possible to get to a place where you feel on top of your epilepsy and um, you can kind of go and, and reach reach for your dreams, really. Um, so, yeah, I'd encourage everybody to um, get on board with our On Top of Epilepsy campaign as well because um, it's really pushing the message um, to inspire young people but also to to advise of of you know what the real challenges are and how um young people with epilepsy who are probably suffering from mental health challenges as well they need that support and and in clinical pathways um it's not prioritized and and we really need to push for that so that so that they're getting the support that they need i mean i i i'm glad you said all that it's it's very it's helps me understand better. I, I see, you know, having just met Alice, I see, um, I see you having a huge advantage over a lot of your peers at university who are going out drinking all day or all night and thinking, you know, like I would, I was there when I went to college, I didn't do that, but you know, I probably had more fun than I should have. Um, but <laughs> The reality is you are, you're more focused, you're understanding yourself better, and you are striving towards something that is going to give you a really deep fulfillment, you know, as a person, as a citizen, um, as somebody who's able to already at 22, start thinking about giving back and helping other people. I mean, those are amazing attributes to have as a person. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I I just wanted to add as well to what Helena was saying about um, definitely acceptance. I think it is so important. Um, Yeah, it's it's been the biggest thing that I've noticed. Um, And to get to a point where I feel like I can 
try to help other people as you were saying and, and like have a sort of have a rewarding life in the future I think that's definitely come from being able to get on track with accepting the diagnosis I mean you've you've come very very far it seems like just knowing you for 50 minutes in three years it's pretty incredible to have your life flipped upside down and you're still pushing through and you know learning, growing, contributing. I mean, like the, I agree with what Helena said that, you know, the world is your, is your oyster. You just have to, yeah, just have to explore and stay curious and, and keep, keep accepting because whether you have a disability or not, how many people never accept themselves? How many people never reflect on those things about who they are and who they want to be in the world? And it's such a, it makes me sad because I think that we're we're here to fulfill potential. We have so much potential as human beings that so many of us don't fulfill for various reasons. And you are, you know, already at 22, you're a light for other people. You're, you're you know, and hopefully you're going to continue down that road. So my last question for you both is what have I missed? in this conversation that you feel is important to talk about? Um, something that I guess I just want to um, add is, is how, how important it is, especially for anyone listening or anyone that um, can empathize with having a disability or with um, having epilepsy, it looks so different from individual to individual. And I think it's so important to really look at where you are now and not be afraid to kind of reach out and look around and see where you can get support in order to move the step, the right step that it is for you. And just keep doing that. Um, for, for, for somebody listening, Alice might, feel, might seem light years away from where they are now um you know I think Alice coming into young epilepsy should have seen that some of our, our other young reps are other young people they're having multiple seizures a day um they still haven't find found the medication that works and it's a, it's hard it's really really hard um but other people are even much further along from from Alice and and um their epilepsy doesn't actually really affect them too much and it's more of a kind of historical thing but they kind of can live quite normal lives um and and that may manifest differently for whatever disability you have and I think it's so important to look um for the support that is there um we offer loads of support at Young Epilepsy, but I'm, I'm sure um, over in the US as well, there's charities that, that offer similar support. And, you know, use that, use that inspiration of other people's stories to, to help you in your own personal journey. And that will look so different from everybody else's. Um, but just believe that every little step along the way is a positive one. And even if it doesn't feel like you're really getting somewhere very fast, um, you know, like we've talked about in this conversation, you're learning so much about yourself. You're learning about what's important to you. Um, you're, you're 
networking with people that you probably would never have have met before in medical world or um, if you're involved with events or charities or, or locally um, and that's far more than than a lot of people who don't seem to have any issues do themselves and and that's that's a real gift that you can then share with the world so um, yeah I think I just wanted to emphasize that especially epilepsy it can look so so different um and especially when you're when you're younger you're still just figuring out your life and who you are and where where you should be going and what you should be doing um but you're as long as you're moving forward and um you know getting the support that is out there and connecting with others that's really powerful i really recommend just connecting with others and you can do that through through our charity on the channel on the hub um uh, applying to to be a young rep we've also got a big group of young supporters as well um who are a larger group of of young people with epilepsy as well um and and just really support each other in in moving forward and um you know what you have to offer the world um, is still so valuable and it, it might not be that you are an Olympic athlete like Beth Dobbin but that's not your story you know you've got your own unique story um, so just really own that and and run with that. That's really really well said thank you for for that Helena. Alice you have anything um, to add? Yeah I'd, I'd just like to add um, that when you're when you get a diagnosis of epilepsy or I'm sure any other disability or condition illness it when you're when you're getting that diagnosis obviously the main the main focus at that point is your physical health and I think a lot of people can then neglect how it's going to affect them mentally and I think that that is just as important as getting the diagnosis where you're so focused on your physical health. It's easy to neglect how it's going to impact you mentally. And that's something that I definitely found was just as important, if not more important than the diagnosis itself. Because if you don't take the time, to adapt your life to the ch like to the changes that the diagnosis is going to bring then it makes it so much more difficult to deal with that so yeah I think it's so important to to try and find other people in similar situations or reach out to someone to speak to so that you don't feel alone in what you're going through um and I think that that can really that it just helps so much to to meet other people who are going through a similar similar thing to you that that's honestly made such a difference to me um and I feel really lucky to have been able to do that but but yeah I just say it's so important not to neglect the challenges that you're likely to face mentally when going through the diagnosis of a health condition. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Last but not least, so where can people touch base, reach out, connect? I think you've said it before, but we'll just let's let's say it one more time at the end here. So how can people find you? How can people connect with you? 
Um, so for young epilepsy, um, go to our website. We've got a website, youngepilepsy.org.uk. Um, we also have the channel, which is the channel.org.uk. Um, and that is the digital platform dedicated for young people, children and young people with epilepsy. So that's the place to check out. Um, but if you're looking for um, more information, uh, research or to donate, then um, do go on to the Young Epilepsy website as well. And then we are also on all social medias um, at Young Epilepsy. And then I think Alice has got some of her own personal ones that she wanted to share as well. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to share my um, personal Instagram. I sometimes post epilepsy-related content and sometimes post things that I've done with young epilepsy. And I'm also open to any messages of if I can help anyone else who's dealing with epilepsy, I, I would be happy to. Um, so my Instagram is um, two underscores and then Alice Barry. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you both so much for the time and for the thoughtfulness and for sharing your experiences. And I'm just, um, I'm really happy that we connected, that we took the time to do this. And I hope that we can do it again soon. Same. Thank you so much for your time. It was a real pleasure. Thank you very much. It's, it's been really nice. It's been